My name is Alexa. Welcome to the Amazon Alexa podcast. Skill programming. The Internet of Things. Artificial intelligence. The future of voice recognition technology. Let's begin. Welcome to episode 28 of the Alexa Dev Chat podcast. I'm your host, Dave Izbitsky, and I recently had the pleasure of speaking with Carol Strija and Mikhail Stanislavlik. Carol is the VP of Growth at Utter.one, and Mikhail is the co-founder. The two have created Voice Lunch, a safe and inclusive way for our community to come together during this COVID pandemic. We talked about the origin of the idea, where they have seen success, and what lessons they have learned. Hello, Mikkel, Carol. Welcome to the show today. Hello. Great to be here. Great to have you, Dave. Hello. We chatted, uh, gosh, I think it was last week, a little bit about what you've all been working on. And I've been super impressed. The time in which we're all recording this, we have now sat through regardless of where you're listening to this, five months of a changed world. A pandemic, it's changed all the way that we work. It's changed the way we commute. It's changed the way we talk with each other. It's changed what we all think about. And what you have done, and for folks interested, I'm going to put this in the show notes. Uh, the, the URL is register.voicelunch.com. But what you have done is created the ability for people to come together without any agenda, without worrying about what technology you're using, which company's smart assistant you're using. Just come together as a group, see each other, and just talk about things. And so I would be super interested, where was the genesis of that idea? How did you get started? What's the response looked like? So it all started with a with a tweet, really. Um, it started with uh, uh, Jan from Jovo in the very early days of the pandemic when the restrictions started hitting various uh, countries. Um, Jan uh, tweeted that he would like to have lunch sessions with people and the response of, on Twitter was actually quite good. So we actually... Um, took that idea and organized the first uh, voice watch, what ended up being a, a, a voice lunch session, a session where everybody uh, could join, where everybody could uh, come in and we would just talk uh, about voice topics uh, exactly the same way, like uh, it would happen at a voice conference around the lunch table with no particular agenda nothing in mind. And the response was actually quite good. We uh, had several people join the very early sessions. Uh, we've been talking with without any particular, um, you know, topic in mind. And as, as, as it went ahead, we sort of started, we started announcing topics uh, as this is something that the community uh, said that they wanted. Definitely. And what we were missing uh, very much at the uh, beginning of the quarantine uh, was meeting people. And we had some experience um, before uh, the voice lunch happened. 
uh, with organizing some real meetups with voice gigs. Uh, and we were missing them very, very much. So that was the only way we could meet another people and talk about voice. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if for people who don't know you, as I, you know, and I do miss, I do miss the events circuit uh, terribly. It's the most enjoying part of, of what I do. And for people who don't know you personally, you are like the smiling face at all of these conferences. <laughs> Always like, you know, let's just go hang out. Let's just go chat. Like um, the fact that this was all coming from you to me just added authenticity to it. And I think people in the community felt that same way. And it's interesting that in the beginning, it sounds like that this was truly a coming together of people who had an idea over social media we were all missing each other. We weren't sure when we were all going to be together again. And it looks like now we're still not sure of when that's going to happen. Um, trying to take a technology and start talking. How did it, how did these ideas come about? So what you were hearing in the initial conversations became the topics because from my understanding, what is, what has happened now, and I want you to get into the, the genesis of this a little bit is that this idea really hit home with a lot of people. So it, what began as a single meeting together has now actually turned into, it's almost like TEDx with talks and events. It's become this way to do lunch. Uh, and it's now going internationally. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, voice lunches happening almost every day. And how did, how did those topics come about? Were they discussed on Twitter? Did you see them coming up in, in individuals while you were talking? So initially it was it was very simple because we used to spend like the first 20 minutes to 30 minutes of, of every initial voice lunch uh, doing a round the table uh, and effectively, you know, letting everyone say a few words about themselves, about what they're working right. on and and to create this sense of a community to let let us get to know each other uh, a little bit better. But we've also asked about what would you like to discuss? Um, and we've repeated that question in a survey that we sent to people uh, where we gathered the initial round of uh, topics that people were interested in. And that's one of the things I ask is right now, Amazon included, every company that's ever been involved in events is thinking about what does it mean virtual? And, you know, we just had this Alexa Live conference and um, we have the voice talks and we have all these other events. And one of the things I have all seen through the community is we all want to talk to each other. And I don't think any of us have figured that out yet. What does it mean to be having a, a, a topic uh, that we can all learn from, but at the same time, you can turn to the person next to you and be able to talk almost like, um, cause you've all seen this at events. Maybe we're in a, a talk and, uh, it sparks an idea and, uh, we start talking, but we realize maybe we're being a little loud. So we're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's just go out in the hallway a little bit. And so all of a sudden you have the side conversation that was actually driven from the talk. None of that's happening online right now. And we're all trying to, to, to figure that out. And it's interesting how you said in the beginning, you started out as a, as a round table and trying to figure what everybody was doing, what everybody was working on, because it's almost like what I, and I can tell you what I was working on in January and February has shifted. 
because of what how everything else has shifted. And so what I would be sharing with folks, I think the last podcast episode I did was on Starfinder uh, and Alexa, uh, what it means to actually create a narrative in a game. And, you know, with, a, with recent Alexa Live, we did a bunch of announcements around gaming that we're actually um, allowing now through an API. But it was it was kind of focused on that of what does it mean to actually get people engaged in this in this narrative? And what was interesting was back then, that I and I still am bullish on this, but it's very bullish on the automobile and voice because there's two places where I play Alexa games, and neither of them are in my office or in my kitchen. And this is just me, but this is what I've noticed, and this is where I think strength is. And and one of them happens to be outside. I wear my Echo Buds, and so I work out. Uh, work out. <laughs> I do work out, but not as much <laughs> as I should. I work outside. Um, and so while I'm in the yard, what I've noticed is it's kind of cool to play a game and a narrative, you know, it's like, I don't need to see anything, but I'm interacting. A lot of times that might be, I'm just, I'm just relaxing for a little bit, like 15 minutes, um, you know, after I've done anything intensive. And then the other place is in the automobile and my family plays along with me. And so we, we're actually still doing this, you know, when we go and drive to see family now that we're green here. Uh, in Pennsylvania, we're allowed to do that. Um, and so it's it's that experience. It's it's not being in front of a screen. It's actually looking for something th- to do together. And I think gaming is huge in that. But what we found with the pandemic is that people's commutes are gone. And so where they used to be spending all this time in the car, um, we're actually seeing, if you look at, um, one of the things you may heard me talk about that's unique with voice is that there's kind of this sticky pattern and schedule that happens for everyone across the day. Whereas in mobile, you're just going to grab your phone at randomized points throughout the day. And that differs for everyone. But there is a very sticky um, kind of schedule that sticks with folks when it comes to voice. And so it usually, you know, you do see a spike in that daily routine in the morning. And then you see a spike in the evening when dinner's being cooked. And then you typically see a spike in the evening. And that could be, you know, trying to go to sleep with ambient sounds or maybe listening to something, uh, listening to some music before bed or, or trying to get some last minute work in. So there's this interesting routine. And we've seen those routines to shift. Uh, if you overlaid them pre-pandemic, they're very similar to what the weekend looked like. And I thought that was Super interesting because it shows that our voice is part of this routine of daily life. And it's not this randomized way that mobile is. In fact, I bet you people's, if, if I haven't seen the studies, but I bet you mobile usage is spiked way up when it comes to news and social media and um, what we're doing with this. And whether that's healthy or not, uh, I'll let history <laughs> uh, decide, right? Um, and so but my mind has shifted of what's kind of, what does it mean now if everybody's home? Uh, one of the keynotes I gave recently uh, at, and with voice when we did that one was uh, utilization is up, right? Everything's up. Mm-hmm. And so what are people thinking about when they all get together? Because, um, you know, Jeff Bezos of- often talks about this too, about how anecdotes are to be cherished because they show where we're missing things. Where they, They're showing our current thought process and what we thought we had the ability to actually help Um anecdotes are all the stuff that falls in there. Are you seeing people talking about that now of, you know, this is, I'm, I'm seeing this new thing. It's interesting, or I'm trying to figure out what this actually means because I had this before, but I'm seeing different utilization patterns now. Yeah, we certainly. You know what? Oh, sorry, Michael. 
Go ahead, Carl. Uh, you know what, uh, Dave? Uh, it uh, very resonates with uh, with me because um, what you were saying uh, it means that people have um, definitely less the meantime, and we were using the meantime to you know to use the Alexa skills while driving or to listen to the podcasts while driving, and right. that is what is happening right now. Uh, so we are staying at home, and my observation is that. Um, we are missing also these little private times during the uh, this, uh, this this last months. Right, and and what I would what I would like to add is that, you know, in the very beginning of uh, of our meetings, uh, you know, one of the topics that that we've raised with people was, you know, how how are your skills are doing in this in this new world because everyone everyone noticed this this shift in behavior and the uh, the the fact that commute was gone pretty much as you as you said and and one of the things that that we've been mentioning based on the traffic uh, on our skills and actions was the fact that we've been seeing weekend traffic on weekdays basically which uh, yes. certainly contributes to, 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 to exactly what you said uh, before. And, uh, but there wasn't consistency, especially, especially in the beginning. You know, some people, depending on the, on, on the types of the skills, have even seen uh, drops in the, in the usage. But I think, I think as, as people learned this new normal, uh, once they started developing or getting uh, accustomed to their new daily routines, um, everything sort of went to, or, or went, I, I want to say went back to normal, but it didn't. It, it, it created the new normal. It created the new normal where, where people suddenly started, started using voice a little bit more, which is, you know, definitely something that the stats for, of the actions and skills uh, of voice lunch participants uh, were showing. And are you seeing, are people reflecting a difference too in the type of device? Because it's more likely people are in front of a screen now when I'm home versus before I, I couldn't count on that. Uh, it's, you know, you're literally having a conversation anywhere, whether it's in the car, walking with your headphones. It's interesting. Uh, I have found, I don't know about all of you, but I have found this with myself, um, just in playing music, I'm reading lyrics more when uh, the echo comes across uh, and it shows that with Amazon Music with all the lyrics going across the screen because I've never sat here in front of one. And I don't know if that's weird for people. You know, it's like I've had these devices for so long, but I've had devices without screens. And in fact, the main device with the screen, I have one in the kitchen uh, and then I have an echo show in, in my office. But where it actually was is... I had it almost like behind my main monitor so that because I, I when I'm working, I'm very auditory. Like, the you know, if I'm writing an email or I'm shifting, I would just call things out. But I've actually moved that device now in this pandemic in order to see the screen. And then the next thing I noticed was what was on the screen all the time because it was staring at it. And so I started to do rotate through like Amazon photos and things like that. That's interesting. We, this is this is this is definitely not something that we've discussed at at large with uh, uh, with the voice launchers uh, so far. But um, you know, from my personal uh, experience, uh, 
I have to admit that my usage of uh, of the screen based devices is slight slightly you know lower than it was before, and it might be skewed because you know obviously I've been testing a lot of skills and and, and doing a lot of that, um, but it feels like that during the pandemic I tend to spend way more time in front of the screen in front of the computer being on meetings yeah. on zooms and stuff like that and that that and that somehow uh, limited at least my personal uh, usage of the screen enabled devices and you know what guys uh, uh, the another uh, reason to uh, be on screen with Alexa are the good news uh, that you've uh, started publishing so I really uh, yes. like this, uh, this kind of idea congratulations on that Yeah, there was John Krasinski's, uh, you know, some good news, and that became a skill. But there's also, you can just ask Alexa. You can say, give me some good news. Um, yeah, and exactly. I tried, you know, I, yeah, I, um, I just tweeted this out. Um, Theo in the, in the community had, had, she had linked to uh, an article in, uh, about in New York of, of people helping each other. And, um, this hit home with me. Like I, when I could finally go get a haircut and I went and I saw my hairdresser and he has his own salon. I was really worried about during this pandemic of, you know, rent and other things because he was forced. He could not work. You know, it was a government mandate. And I asked him and he said, you know, the, the person that I have the least with, I was over just painting their fence. Like, People were giving each other work. It reminded me a lot of, you know, how everything used to be based on trade. It was, you know, I'll give you this, uh, this cow and you do this, you know, help me build my barn and we'll trade this in livestock and we'll trade in favors and, you know, we'll get together. It wasn't always a monetary exchange. And I've actually seen that. And I went back, um, I started looking up because one of the things we did I don't about you all, but we started ordering food from a lot of our local restaurants and, and, you know, you give a big tip and so that, you know, it's a way for that business to shift from what they were typically used to for an income stream. And a lot of the people who would host or bust the tables would be people who were taking online orders and delivering. And I felt like it was the town coming together in such a way to support each other, you know, food pantries, We're, we're getting filled up for people in need. And I read back into the early, it was the late 1950s, 1960s in, in the US, what was happening was it was the rise of these big strip malls in suburbia, where typically you had small business owners inside of a main street in a main town. And all of a sudden there were malls being built uh, and outside, you know, big strip malls and things like that. And the town actually came together. Uh, and support it. And I had no idea before this pandemic, like that's why I actually have a cool small town and a main street is because people came together and said, you know, this is actually what we enjoy. And this is actually a unique characteristic of the town in which we live. Uh, and I know it's hard sometimes in Europe to imagine that because everywhere you go through Europe, you're walking through like these streets of just hundreds of years of history, which is why I love visiting so much. Um, but in the U S it's like, you know, it's, it's almost rare to see these main, uh, main streets again and so to hear those kind of stories i absolutely agree uh it's it's um i won't name any names but i will say that um there is a relation there of someone i won't even say the relationship between the person i was talking to but they had heard of this story pitched this story and that person went to their editor uh at the at the news outlet and they laughed and the editor said our job isn't that our job is to create an atmosphere of fear 
And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Like, thanks for just telling the truth at least. Cause I feel like that's what it's about is like, oh, this is so bad. Oh, you should be so afraid. Oh, just stay inside. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> and that's, that's that's crazy. I mean, one of the things that 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 we started saying in the ver- in the very early like uh, ads or tweets that we've been sending sending about uh, voice lunches, we want to shorten the social distance because everyone back yeah. then and all the media were were like putting fear into into all the outlets as like you got to social distance yourselves. And you know, whereas we understood that you know it is important to physically distance from one each, one another, we thought that you know. The, this is the this is the best opportunity to actually lower uh, the the or shorten the, the the social distance, and that's that's what we've done. And to be perfectly honest with you, after the first couple of uh, voice lunch sessions, I have met and spoken to more people in the voice community than I have since the previous voice conference that I've been to. It's it's been crazy. Yes, yes, and it's, here's one of the things I've noticed is that through no fault of its own, especially in the tech industry, local groups and local meetups have a tendency to skew with a lot of men. And what I found is online, it's, it's, and the voice community is very inclusive to begin with, but online is very diverse and it's very inclusive as compared to local. And so I have seen that of uh, the people who I'm meeting with and talking with online versus even just going to voice events. And I think we need to embrace that and really uh, strengthen that, which is why I'm so excited for things like, like voice launch, because to me, um, I am someone now, gosh, how long has this been? So when was 2007, 13 years? It's going to be almost 14 years. Yeah. I have had this, virtual job where I'm not sitting in an office. And what happened is over time, I can tell you right now, there are people that I've known over for a decade that I do not know what they look like. I don't know if they're a man or if they're a woman because of these names. These names aren't like, you know, US names like John Smith or Jennifer Gray, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you don't know. And I found that so empowering. That was very hard for me, you know, because we're in this social unrest to to look at people that way. I've judged people over the years on how if they've treated me with dignity, how I've seen them interact and treat with others. And just that how how they've delivered, what's their passion? And I feel like online communities do that. And another thing that online communities do is that they force you to check yourself on how you're saying things because what, I mean, I even, I'm even hyper aware of this. It's not just the tweets I do. And when I talk on social media, but when I send an IM to somebody at work, I'm hyper aware that every single word I say based on who that person is, what they're going through, what their perception of me, every single one of those words has a context to it. And that may not necessarily be the context that I intended. And it's the same thing with emails, you know, uh, for any Amazonians listening that have have interacted with me, there's a lot of smiley faces when I write emails. It's almost like I feel like um, we should have hashtags, Uh, you know, um, like I could start a hashtag and say, um, this is satire, right? This is uh, emphasis. It's like emphasis, passion, emphasis, excitement, emphasis, caution, um, you know, emphasis, uh, comical. And so 
because we don't get that in all the minute little faces, seeing somebody's face mm -hmm. and what we do. And I think online communities are really, as we move forward, is a place that's going to allow people to come forward and not feel that pressure of immediately being judged. Especially if it's a place that's not, you know, you don't have your webcam on. Maybe you don't even have a social media presence. You're just someone here that wants to, wants to be part of it and ask questions. And so it's it's more of a level, just a leveling out of like people are just people. You know, uh, Dave, um, two things that I would like to uh, underline. Uh, what you've also mentioned, uh, first of all, the uh, the feeling of being safe in the community, it's super important for us. And that's why uh, we decided from the beginning of the voice lunch not to record sessions, uh, just like all right. the webinars and uh, all that stuff. And um, we are not doing the voice lunch um, with having in mind creating content. We are keeping in mind creating a community. And a community uh, that is super inclusive, but I mean really inclusive. And I had great respect for, for all the movements, for example, women in tech, uh, uh, girls who code and so on. But we would like to make Voice Lunch as much inclusive as possible. That's why I'm super proud to have on one side, for example, Maike Gronewagen, the linguist from the Netherlands, or Maggie Abuczyński from uh, uh, Germany. She's also a conversation designer on one hand. And on the other hand, Alan Fürstenberg or Mark Tucker or Rimotoki from, uh, from Japan. And it really creates this unique feeling about the voice lunch that we are the place for everyone. And everyone can raise a hand and talk without uh, having a feeling of being unsafe. This is the first thing. And the second thing I would like to mention about the community, what was super important for us. Um, I've read uh, a couple of months ago uh, a book about building communities. And there was uh, one sentence about building community that stroked me the most. And that was that, that a real community is not when it's big or, you know, allowed, but when the members of community are starting to help each other. And what is really the biggest reward for us, for me and Michael, I think, is when we see that people are starting to interact with themselves outside of the voice lunch. When we hear uh, that somebody is starting collaboration, uh, taking the contact from the voice lunch, when we see some relationships, uh, uh, you know, built uh, from, from the Voice Lunch community, it's really great pleasure and satisfaction for us to, to see the community growing outside even of, this, uh, of those meetings. And we've been, we've been very clear from, from the very, very beginning that everyone is welcome. Um, and no exceptions. Um, and we 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 run this these meetings, and we have non written rules that you know you got to be respectful, you got to be inclusive. And so far, so far the voice community has been absolutely fantastic. 
Um, and and I want to underline that uh, people have been brilliant. They have been so willing to share their knowledge. They have been so willing to welcome new faces. They have been so willing to, um, you know, uh, uh, give advice to people that are just joining or beginning their their adventure with voice or within this space. Um, and it's been super awesome to have people from from all different, um, you know places and and of different um uh, uh different things that they do we've we've had school teachers uh we've had people who uh who are linguists who are designers ux designers people who had experience in mobile people people who have experience in marketing people who have experience in chatbots as well um so it's been it's been absolutely fantastic to to learn uh so many different points of view but also see that this community is is taking care about one another and is super welcoming to 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 everyone who's coming in and who's new. I love it. you guys are going to make me well up. Um, <laughs> it's such a it's such the mark of the best of of humanity. And I, I mean, this is my passion throughout my whole career. And like whether you all realize it or not. I mean, you are part of this, but the community is part of this is I've always approached my job as it's kind of like fatherhood. You know, it's like when my girls were little, they needed me for everything. And the point that they're at now, they teach me so much and they have so much, they have their own ideas and their own way of interacting with the world. And I view community as that in that I still remember you know, in the beginning, I was answering every question. And then all of a sudden, I would see people answering each other's questions over Twitter. I would see them. I, I, you know, I started this podcast in the beginning because there was none. And then I would see all these other podcasts pop up. And I was like, this is, this is so cool. Um, you know, seeing Bradley and the Project Voice stuff and Dr. Terry Fisher with Voice in Canada. And there's just... There's just so many others out there that I felt it was it was interesting because back then I always felt like the community was very small and I felt like if I went and brought a guest onto my podcast, I'd be taking away from everyone else. <laughs> and so for different periods, I would go quiet. And um, I do feel like the community is at that part now. I look at myself as um, I would say my biggest role in the community now outside of being an educator of what are the new things that Amazon releases. If I, if I looked at the community now, it's making sure that we're getting out of the way that, uh, you know, what, if, if Alexa is doing something, how can we better help people? Um, you know, things like I hear things all the time. Uh, it might be about flash briefings. It might be about other tools. It's like, Amazon, you know, Alexa could be doing this better. It's like, um, trying to, 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 to to make sure that the community and, and people who are in this space can continue to have ideas, to be builders, to be thinkers, to be inventors, and not let us mess anything up or, or, or trip over that. And then the other thing that I, th I think about a lot is who is not being heard? Uh, you know, what voice, <laughs> no pun intended, what voice in voice um, can I amplify? You know, because there's a there's a tendency, I think sometimes is uh, I almost feel like I get too much attention. I really do. Um, and, and in the beginning, I used to think, you know, what is it? Uh, why do people want to just hear it from me? Because I am not the smartest pe 
person on the Alexa team. I am by far not the smartest people person at all on Amazon, and they're way smarter people than me in the community. And I had to go back to, I think, what people, the reason why people want to hear to anybody, it doesn't just include me, is not that you're the smartest person in the room, it's that you're the most authentic and the most empathetic. And I think that's how we how we build trust, and it's how we build trust uh across a community. So, and that's where I try to focus. I mean, I think about that a lot of what aren't we doing and you're a part of that, you know, that making sure people know about where you, where your head's at and what you're thinking and what you're doing and how they can be, be part of this. I, I'm super curious, just as you were talking, what's something that sticks in your head? Is there a particular person's story, individual anecdote, just something that, you just, you, you got off the voice lunch that day and you just felt, you felt that story. Has there been, and you, you wouldn't have even have heard that if you hadn't had created this process. Has there been anything like that that you would obviously be willing to share too? I know uh, nothing's getting recorded, so I don't want to, uh, you know, have you share something that maybe came out that was private, um, but just maybe something that was moving you that you could share with the audience. Something, something that has definitely definitely moved me um, a lot. And I'm not going to get into too many details uh, of that session, but there was a question that, that one of the members of the community asked for people to raise hands if they have felt like an imposter. And the context of the conversation was the, the imposter syndrome. And I have right. to be honest that the amount of hands that we've seen raised <laughs> was enormous. I mean, there is so much potential. There is so much potential in this community. Like we literally have experts. We have people who have been in the voice game for so long, some of them for longer than, than Alexa. For decades, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Google and everything else combined. And, you know, to see that, you know, people still have, this feeling, um, you know, makes, makes, makes us think, you know, because we've, we've obviously discussed this with Carl is that how can we, or what can we do better to empower those people to share their knowledge with the rest of the community? And this is, this is, this is our goal with, with, with voice lunch. The voice lunch is not a project about myself or Carol. It's about the community. It's about those people. It's about giving them the platform. And this is what we're trying to do. We've got a couple of different formats that that, that I can explain um, later uh, as we go on. But but the main thing is is, is the community is, is is creating a platform for those people to shine as well, and for everyone. And doesn't 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 you know it doesn't mean that we're only we're only talking about people who are the loudest or people who have the most questions. It's about everyone. It's about all those people who are sitting there with their webcams off and just post questions maybe on chat. We, we're thinking about everyone. And do you know what, uh, Dave? Uh, it wouldn't happen without uh, all these people, uh, our voice friends, uh, as we say, because uh, look at this. Uh, right now, we've got voice launch uh, in the Netherlands, voice launch in the US, voice launch for the Spanish-speaking uh, countries, voice launch for the French-speaking countries, voice launch India, and uh, soon a couple of others. Uh, 
very, very interesting ones. And that wouldn't happen uh, without all these people. We wouldn't be able to, to do that. And Yeah, why don't you... Uh, go ahead. The, the one thing, Dave, I would like to add to what Michael was telling, because the session that Michael mentioned was really unforgettable uh, also for me. But what struck me very, very strongly was that among all these experts that we have, uh, male or female um, on the voice lunch, um, everybody insisted that in our tech space, we should very much focus on soft skills because a technical skill is a commodity. Right. And I, it's, it's, it's funny. So imposter syndrome, I, I can guarantee I am the biggest imposter that you've ever met. <laughs> I, I really struggled with this a couple years ago when I changed my Twitter, I used to have my title on my Twitter and I just changed it to full-time pe- failure, part-time success. It was really <laughs> this, this growth period, this hero's journey I was going on of acceptance of that. I am, if anything, if I can tell anybody what I am, it's a student, it's a, it's a person learning. And it started to happen to me because I was meeting more people. And so, and now I was meeting more people across the entire globe and I just continued to be impressed. And I started to feel sad of like, I can never measure up to this. There's so many exciting people. And, and it, it, and then I started to realize, well, maybe some other people feel like this. And it's, so I think that is part of the human condition. And I think it's healthy because the minute that you do think that you are, uh, you know, that you're an expert in anything is when you stop learning. It's that continual curiosity that needs to keep, uh, you know, that, that helps you to grow and, and, and move along as a human being. I, um, I love what you're talking about with the community and growing across different um, formats. And I'd love for you to break that apart a little bit. So for me, looking outside in and, and what I've seen, there's a couple of things that happen with the voice lunch every day of like the weekday. And I know some of them are global, so they include the entire community. And then some of them are local based on a specific country. I know you mentioned India and, and, and French, and I know there's Spanish and, and U.S. specifically. Can you talk about that format and where you're ex- expanding and uh, maybe how people can get involved? Where do you see that, that moving forward? So the the main thing, you know, the, the, where where it all started is a simple discussion, uh, a simple discussion on a given topic that we announce uh, before, um, and this is this is the global session. We started with two global sessions a week, but as as countries started to come back to normal and um, the restrictions were coming off, we decided to limit the amount of the global meetings to one a week and uh, to right. make room to make room for all the local ones that that have been uh, appearing on the map um so we we obviously encourage people if if you're if you have been running your local community and it's tough for you and the restrictions are still there and people are afraid to you know come to in-person meetings we're always open uh, to people with ideas about creating, uh, you know, a virtual version of their of their communities, um, and 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 you know, becoming voice lunch uh, uh, of their own country or voice lunch of their own language. 
um, it's it's we're absolutely we're absolutely open to that. Um, but the main thing the main thing is 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 this this discussion, right? We we want to make sure that this is not um, another webinar, um, right. and we do have we do have we created a format we call twenty by forty where we bring in experts uh, and we let them speak for 20, sometimes a little bit more minutes. Um, and then we follow it up with a discussion, a discussion where you, where you as a participant can, can literally raise your hand and ask your question to the presenter or throw in an idea to, for the entire community to discuss. Um, and that these, these have been working uh, great as well. Although, the feedback that we've been getting ba- back from the community is that people really like the discussion ones where there's no one presenting any particular topic. We just say, right. today we're talking about voice CMS and that's it. And that's the, that's the starting point of a discussion. Right. I could tell you as a presenter, I like the Q&A discussion the best too, because I always feel like nothing I've ever said on stage isn't something somebody could have looked up online within five minutes. But the discussion is where I get into the anecdotes. It's, it's where I get into what I've been through, my story, other stories that people have shared with me. And it's so fulfilling to me because I get to hear what's actually on people's minds. It's not me broadcasting an idea that I had that I felt was worth putting in a couple of slides. And, when and, you have and a- it really brings value. Questions yeah. and answers brings value to the community. And when you have a, a you know a community or a group of people from all different parts of the world, you suddenly see so many different perspectives on the same topic. It's just mind blowing. I we, yeah. we we literally had a couple of voice lunch sessions where we where we. Um, uh, created a, a call where we called together with Carol uh, on a voice call, uh, um, and we were amazed by the amount of different perspectives that we've been able to learn on a topic that you would think is is just you know common and you know people have generally the same understanding. Yeah, can uh, you give an example? You got me super curious. Oh, I mean, there there are there are loads loads lots of uh, um, different topics that we've discussed. But one of them that stuck with my mind was the voice CMS. You know, a, right. a topic a topic that is somewhat um, well understood, and I don't mean by the uh, in a way of of everybody understanding w- what it is, but you know, certain points of view definitely challenged my thinking about. Uh, you know what voice CMS really is. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's 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 simply amazing. And sometimes I really do. Um, I re- I almost regret that we're not recording some of those sessions because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think you know what's great about that though is out of those discussions, there will be people that rise up and say, "You know what? I I just got so excited about this topic, and I've taken what all of you have said and." I have some advice and I want to share it and maybe they do a medium post or maybe they want to come back in that, that 2040 uh, format mm-hmm. and share. I mean, as, as somebody who was part of local user groups, I mean, before Twitter was even around just going and driving, I would be driving out to the local Microsoft office. And just for me, I would see the rise of speakers through user groups. There would be people who would attend and they would start to have these discussions. And then eventually they would start to formulate their own ideas. And to see those people raise their hand and say, 
I want to say something now and I want to share something now. That was always really exciting. And so it's, you are incub, you're, you're incubating an idea and you will see that you will have that, that gratitude that you'll see somebody um, rise up out of that and, and want to start speaking and sharing. Cause that's all it is. It's person on the stage doesn't know anything more than the audience. They're just excited enough to share it. At least that's, that's how I've always, uh, you know, I've always tried to approach it. And, um, it's great to, it's great to hear that. And CMS does not surprise me. I can tell you this to be vocally self-critical of Alexa. And what we've done is, you know, we create all these things, but we don't say like, I've never even done a video like this, and I know none of us have, but I've heard all from the community of some really good ideas, but none of us have said, hey, you know what? This is the local dev environment. Mm-hmm. This is the way you do it. This is the way you test things. This is the way you deploy things. This is the way you manage version changes, and this is the way you integrate a feedback loop of customer questions and answers, and this is, this is the best way to do it for a game. And this is the mm-hmm. best way to do it for a, a skill that's a, a, a dialogue uh, that grows over time and learns new information. That's all come from the community. I do not feel like we've done a very good job. And, you know, uh, a lot of that just comes from our culture and that we want to support every way of working. We want to support every IDE that we can that's out there. We don't want to limit in any shape or form of, of how a developer's creativity comes to life. But the problem with that, when you don't have guardrails like that, is where do you even begin? <laughs> and so having having discussions like that, I think, is is super uh, important for people to learn from each other of, hey, this might not work for you, but it worked for me. And here's an actual customer story of, of where I was able to solve that. And that stuff is super, super important. Yeah. And um and this is this is this is this is also something that you know happened at our uh, at our voice landers is people sharing, you know, ways that they've been approaching, for example, building their social media presence for their skills um, right. and stuff like that. And th- this was super informative for for for, for a, a whole lot of other uh, people who are on the meeting. Um, and we've had, you know, tremendous uh, feedback uh, from from these, these sessions where, you know, others, people who are, you know, perceived as the... Um, as the the uh, the people who 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 are there first, who have the biggest skills, they come in and they share their expertise, and you know these moments like these are, are super amazing, and and uh, I'm always on the lookout for for those because can you can you imagine, Dave, that we had also uh, one voice lunch with um, with a candidate astronaut uh, speaking about the voice user interfaces uh, in space. But oh for, wow! You know, that was not uh, you know uh, that was not science fiction or uh, or a Star Trek movie uh, s- screenplay. Uh, we had Brian Posey, who is candidate astronaut, and uh, he's preparing uh, himself for a mission. Uh, and he uh, he was telling us about the possibility of using voice user interfaces uh, in the space. Yeah, absolutely. That's in, that's incredible. It was an awesome session. It was an awesome session, and and you know it, it started it started started off uh, with with a simple idea that I, to be perf- perfectly honest with you, was was really afraid of because um, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure you know if this is if this is the right topic or if people are gonna take it uh, are gonna take it seriously, 
Um, right. and Car- Carol actually convinced me that that it is, and he was like, "Oh, we're going to find an astronaut," and he actually, <laughs> and he actually, and he actually did, right? Uh, which was right. the, the most amazing story. But but fast forward and to the session when Brian was 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 uh, giving examples of why certain things would not work on a mission within a spacecraft, and why it would be awesome to have certain elements of voice control in a spacesuit, for example. These were yeah. mind blowing. Like truly mind blowing, and you know it opens up it opens up, opens up your thinking as well in terms of how many other places you could apply these interfaces to, if you can apply them in space. Yeah, it's crazy. and it's you know, I for me, it's you know our uh, our mission. Not that we always get it right, but the, the mission that I've really loved about the team I'm on is it's about Alexa anywhere that people want. And so I've always tried to force myself to think beyond skills. And, you know, you mentioned the soft skills and you mentioned people, you know, like, how do you do branding and all? That was a lesson I learned well before Amazon uh, when I was helping mobile developers. So I would walk out and I'd be like, hey, there's this whole new phone and it does this. And there's this really new, I just absolutely fell in love with C Sharp as a language uh, you know, coming from, uh, you know, coming from JavaScript and coming from uh, VB and just looking at, uh, you know, what Anders Halsberg did with the C-sharp language and just looking at what it offered in Visual Studio and these tools. So I would, I'd be pushing all of that. Uh, and then I would get people excited and they would go build the, and I came to the realization at one point that what I'm basically asking people to do is basically to like write a web page and put it out there. And if you write a web page and put it out there, no one finds it. Yeah. And you're not even thinking about SEO. I mean, most people will through some type of search engine, they'll find you. And so you could have built the most amazing thing in the world and no one's going to come across it. And it's, it's when I started to realize that regardless of whatever that technology is, and for me over the years, it's been desktop computing, it's been mobile, it's been um, cloud, and now it's voice, is that you still need to think of it in terms of what problem am I solving? Uh, who's my customer? Why would they want to use this? And I have found that the most successful entrepreneurial developers that I have seen are the ones who, yes, they could really code or they had a team of people who could really code, but they didn't rely on me to actually create their business. They thought about their customer and they did things like, creating a web page that talked about the problems they were solving. They did marketing. They started to look in researching what it means to actually communicate with an audience over social media. And so if I'm solving a problem with voice, maybe my, my Instagram posts aren't even about that. It's about communicating, right? It's about all these other things. And then people start to follow you and start to trust you. And they're like, oh, wow, that person actually wrote a mobile app. I'm going to check that out. That person has actually created a voice experience. I bet that's pretty cool just based on what I know about them. And that's really where you f- find success in this space, whether you're doing voice and chatbots or cloud or mobile apps, is that you look at it as what are you offering another human being and who are you? What do you stand for? Because I can tell you for me, I've seen that in my career that it, it, as I moved through different things, I had people that would still want to engage with me in dialogue because they knew regardless of whatever 
knew tech or disruption I was excited about. They knew me as a, the person, Dave, and the core of my personality. And I, it's one of the things I've tried to do over the past couple of years in talking with brands too, is to say, voice doesn't change who you are. What it forces you to do is to actually, if you haven't, tell people again what you stand for and what you're about. And, and, and because voice is more intimate, it's more personal. And if I have never seen you <laughs> or don't even know what you stand for, you're just the place that I that I put my check deposits in or just the place where I booked my night stay while I was traveling or the airplane I walked in on. Like, that's way different, you know? And we can all point to uh, brands that are out there who have created that personal connection, but that's what we look for as human beings. And it's great to see you. You all re- re- reflect that in the community. I love everything you're doing. Um, I know we're running out of time. I just, I just want to, um, I just want to tell you if there's anything I can do to continue to support and Alexa that can continue to support, um, I am here for you. Uh, I want to make sure that this continues to be a success. And, uh, I know I don't even have to say, I hope for, I know yet within just the you know coming months, coming year, you're going to be like, Dave, you have to talk to this person. You have to see the ideas that were created. I just, I've already even, you know, we didn't talk about some of the things I hear on the podcast, but even just privately talking to you, just to see the excitement that you feel in these things uh, is a huge reward in and of itself. And regardless of what you do, um, you know, to kind of, to kind of get the, the, the bank deposit at the end of the day from a paycheck, this will be the most rewarding stuff of your career. I know it, it has been for me. It's the people, it's the stories, it's the, um, it's all of that, and uh, I do I do miss the in person. But what you're bringing, I think, is helps that loss that we all feel of not not having that. So I just want to just want to say publicly thank you for those who haven't haven't heard me say that. Thank you for everything that the, the two of you are doing and everything that you all are doing inside of uh, Voice Lunches. Um, I look forward to meeting people who are running this. You know, and and I, I, I my brain is just I want to I'm so excited to hear about like in different languages, in different countries. Cause that's where I've learned so much. What are those concerns? What are people talking about? Cause it's not necessarily the same things where I focus my mind. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time and, and speaking to us. We're obviously, obviously really, really excited for what's coming to to voice lunch. Um, and we welcome everyone. Um, if you're, if you're even thinking about, you know, voice or this space, or you're here um, and would like to talk to other like-minded people, just join us. Um, try it. Come in. If you don't like it, leave. Uh, we're open for to, to everyone. Um, and everyone is welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dave, for inviting Voice Lunch to, uh, to your podcast. And uh, let me say this. First of all, uh, Thank you to all the voice launchers uh, that uh, create the community because there wouldn't be voice launch without all these people. Yeah. And, and to reiterate, it's, it's register.voicelunch.com. And for those folks who are, are interested, because I think this is great, you do, I think you use Zoom but you do not have to turn on your webcam. Like you can literally be a fly on the wall and just, if you've got a question, you can throw it in chat. Mm-hmm. and nothing is recorded nope yep love it well thank you so much for your time i have so much respect for you too and i i just can't wait to hear um just some of the passion and the stories and the people that will come all out, out of this thank you so much thank you dave
Thank you very much, Dave. And guys, may the voice be with you. <laughs> and also with you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Amazon Alexa podcast. Bye for now. Speak to you soon.